Prince Philip, addressing schoolboys in Woking in 1947, congratulated them on their parade and said, whether you won a prize or not, let me remind you, the only prize worth winning is a clear conscience at the end of your days that you have lived a useful Christian life. A clear conscience at the end of your days that you've lived a useful Christian life. We trust that um, Prince Philip has done that. Uh, I know quite a private man in many ways, uh, but quite symbolic really of the nation. He's like a, like a father figure, I often think, to the, the royal family and to the nation. I chose the passage before us this morning, long before Philip's passing, for it expresses the father-son relationship between God and Jesus. In our passage this morning, we're taking time out from our series on John's gospel, but it's a chance to revisit eight small verses in John chapter five. And I talk about these little nuggets of gold. I love, I love mining into the Bible and finding little words that, that really uh, are valuable and worth reading and worth pondering on. As J.C. Ryle puts it, nowhere else in the Gospels do we find our Lord making such a formal, systematic, orderly, regular statement of his own unity with the Father, his divine commission and authority. You see, this passage talks about God as our heavenly Father. Now, I am not a father. My own father passed just over three years ago, and we always feel the loss of our parents in such situations. There are many admirable fathers in the world of all faiths and of none. As Abby said, sometimes it is the mother that takes on the role of the father. So whatever situation you're in this morning, whether you're estranged or you know or you you, you still have your father, the passage talks about a heavenly father, both as an example, but also as a reality. And I'd like to bring the the revolutionary concept really that Jesus brings uh, in, in the gospels Uh, to the understanding of the people of his day about who God was. Because you see, there's about five things that I really want to sort of speak over uh, this morning. A God to be feared is how God was portrayed before this. But Jesus reveals him as God the Father. Thirdly, the Son and the Father are one. Yet through salvation, the Son shares what he has, what is his. And finally, this morning, this loving Father cares for you. The first thing you want to look at this morning, a God to be feared. You see, in the Old Testament, there are many references to God, but there's not so many references to him as an intimate father. In Genesis, he is the creator. He is the covenant maker with Abraham. In Exodus, he is the deliverer from slavery in Europe, sorry, in Egypt. In the wilderness, he is a provider. In Canaan, he is the mighty conqueror. He is the kingmaker. He is the often forgotten protector of Israel. He sends his prophets to warn of judgment and later promise a deliverer. All these things, but not so much mention about a father. You see, if God is only almighty, is that a good thing? If he is only all-powerful and not loving, then how is that good news for us who have no power? Even Hitler referred to God as the Almighty. Hitler believed in power and domination. As a young man, he immersed himself in godless theories about returning political power and glory to his native Germany. 
Hitler, when he came to power, dictated uh, that he be addressed as mein Führer, my leader. In Nazi Germany, the Lord's Prayer and Table Grace were replaced by words praising Hitler. The prayer goes something like this. Adolf Hitler, you are our great leader. The name makes the enemy tremble. Thy third Reich comes, thy will alone is law upon the earth. Let us hear dearly thy voice and order us by thy leadership. For we will obey to the end, even with our lives. We praise thee, Heil Hitler. You know, I feel dirty even saying that in a place like this. Because in this place and throughout the world, there's only one person who deserves praise. And that's Jesus and his heavenly father. But do you see how he tried to supplant God with himself? Nazism wasn't just another political movement. It was a pagan attempt to replace God. It viewed God only as a mighty conqueror and sought to replace, replace him with an all-powerful state. Hitler never forgave his own violent father and adopted violence to assume the position of leader and father of Germany. You see, if God is merely the ruler and I have broken the rules, the only salvation he can offer is to forgive me and treat me as if I had kept the rules. The analogy is like being stopped by a, a traffic cop for a speeding ticket. I mean, I can thank him if he lets me off, but I'll never love him. The second thing this morning, Jesus reveals God as Father. John chapter 5, Jesus gave them this answer, very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. You see, when Jesus teaches his disciples the Lord's Prayer, and he uses the even more intimate term of Abba, Father, or Daddy, his hearers would have been shocked because they hadn't known God as Father. Abraham was their father. God was someone to be feared. God was someone in the temple who was separated from them. And there's the cloud uh, that, it followed, that they followed uh, as the children of Israel in the wilderness and the fire. But he was not intimate. Yet Jesus reveals him as a father. Our children's address is usually called the prodigal son. I prefer sometimes to call it the reckless love of the heavenly father. And as Abby has said, it depicts God as the run, one running to meet us, sharing us with undeserved blessing welcoming us into his family. You see, God is not just the righteous judge who punishes sinners. He is a loving father. It was this, that that, it was this realization that changed the life of Martin Luther. He was so worried about following the rules and about uh, fearing and hating a righteous God because he knew that he was full of sin. But he discovered a father that loved him. And he came up with that lovely axiom, the righteous shall live by faith. You see, the very existence of evil demonstrates how much free will God gives us. In our sin, we can destroy ourselves and our world, yet God will have it no other way. He creates us for relationship and choice so that we'll turn to him with our, with our hearts. And here's a helpful question to ask. What was God doing before he created the world? If God was only a ruler, he had nothing to rule. If he was a creator, he hadn't created anything. If he was merely the almighty, what was the evidence of his almightiness? But in John chapter 17, Jesus says, Father, you loved me before the creation of the world. So right before the world, Jesus was the son loved by a heavenly father. In other words, God was already a father. 
The Lord calls Israel my firstborn son in Exodus. There's other little glimpses of his fatherhood of Israel in Deuteronomy and Psalms and Jeremiah. For he carries his people as a father carries his son. He disciplines them as a father disciplines his son. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. How gladly would I treat you as sons. And then in Isaiah, you, O Lord, are our father. Let me ask you, do the Muslims worship the same God as us? Well, no, they don't. They don't worship a father because they talk about uh, God does not beget, neither is he begotten. You see, Allah cannot understand what our God understands, this love relationship with the Son. And while I respect the, the Islamic faith, it holds not, no attraction for me because there's no uh, sense of, of the Father, the Trinity, the loving relationship between the Father and the Son right before the world began. I trust a God who loved his Son and was so overflowing with love that even the Son couldn't keep it to himself and showers it on the rest of us. That is the kind of God that we serve. Since God is first and foremost fatherly, all his ways are fatherly. He creates as a father. He rules as a father. A father is a person who gives life, who begets children. We are the loved offspring of a loving father. And the scripture says, For God so loved the world that he gave his, that he gave his only begotten son. The God who is love is the father who sent his son. If God is already love and already has a son to love, he does not need us to be who he is. He, this is not a needy deity that needs to be placated. This is a God who already is, is quite self-sufficient. Uh, he has a loving relationship, but he has an extravagant loving relationship so that there's more love to give. And that is why he created the world. Winston Churchill, the courageous wartime leader, was given a hopeless task in May 1940, possibly because others wouldn't take the role. Defeat to Hitler seems so inevitable. Nobody else wanted to be the prime minister that did that. He may have had his faults, but what drove him even through those dark days? He had experienced a miraculous escape as a reporter in the Boer War when he hid in a ditch and he prayed. Again, when commanding troops in the trenches of World War I, remarkably, he also had a dream when he was 16 that he would be called upon to help defend London. Can you see God working in his life here, even though he may not have been fully aware of it? The churches lost one of their children called Marigold, who died of septicemia as a toddler in 1921. The next year, his wife, who he referred to affectionately as Sweet Pet, became pregnant. And as one of his, one of his letters of comfort and encouragement, he writes this. I think a great deal of the coming kitten and about you, my sweet pet. I feel it will enrich your life and brighten our home to have the nursery started again. I pray to God to watch over us all. Can you see the contrasting father figures? We have Hitler who either didn't believe in God or thought he was an all-powerful conqueror. And we have Winston Churchill who understood a little bit about praying to a loving heavenly father for uh, the safety uh, of his wife and, and, uh, new, and child to come. The third thing I want to look at this morning is the son and the father are one. Verse 17, in his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day. I too am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, 
but is even, even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the, the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the son, that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent them. You can understand why the Jewish leaders were uh, unnerved by this, because Jesus is claiming uh, the same oneness with God. But this scripture tells us so much. The Father and the Son are equal in essence. They're equal in the works that they do and they also should be equal in honor. So that is why we worship Jesus as God. This implies that Jesus is equal in power to God but does not act independently of God. The Jewish leaders had accused him of defying God by healing on the Sabbath. But Jesus portrays this and shows us this is utter nonsense. Because he and the Father are one, he can't do things in contrary to God. And also he is so obedient uh, to God all the time, and so should we, that it's just out of his nature to be doing anything that the Father would, not, would naturally be doing. Jesus is only able to bring the new birth, the water of life, to be the good shepherd, the bread of life, because his relationship to the Father is what he said it is, only because he is what he claimed to be. So it is that scripture that gives us assurance this morning that he is who he says he is. The other fascinating thing which I want to share this morning, the fourth point this morning, the son shares what is his through the gift of salvation. Let me say that again. The son shares what is his through the gift of salvation, not sharing it with us. Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. Very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. When Eve chose to eat of the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden, she wasn't just being disobedient. She'd begun to love herself rather than God. She thought that she didn't need God's provision. At the center of sin is not just doing wrong but loving wrong loving ourselves or our desires instead of loving and obeying a loving heavenly Father God. In the disagreement between Augustine and Pelagius, Pelagius believed that man had disobeyed God, God's rules must be brought into line with stern sermons and retribution. By living morally, Pelagius believed man could save himself. But Augustine saw something deeper. He noticed that the problem is not disobedience and behaving badly, it's loving badly. You see, we follow after that which we love. And man's first love needs to be for God. And how can we react but with love whenever we see how loving the Heavenly Father is? The Father sent His Son to make known, not only to, to show His glory, but to share his glory with man. Jesus talks of being glorified through his death on the cross. What greater demonstration of the extravagance of God's love than for his son to die in our place 
As it says in 1 John, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Jesus also says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. This is not something Jesus keeps to himself. He shares it with us. As the Father is the lover, the Son is the beloved, Christ becomes the lover and the church becomes the beloved. And also it's because he first loved us. It's not that we seek after God and he reacts. He is the one that has made the first move. Why did the Father send the Son? Because the Father so enjoyed loving the Son that he wanted his love to be in others. Because Jesus prays, the love you have for me may be in them and I myself may be in them. Paul takes this up in Romans. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. So it's not only Jesus that says, Daddy, it's us. We actually come into that intimacy with the, the heavenly loving Father. I love the words of a new song by, by Maverick City called Champion. Perfection could never earn it. You give what we don't deserve and you take the broken things and raise them to glory. You are my champion. Giants fall when you stand, undefeated every battle you have won, and I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence. I am seated in the heavenly place, undefeated with the one who has conquered it all. And when I open my mouth, miracles start breaking out. Now, this is scary stuff. This is where God actually brings his glory among us. Now, as, as Nigel said one other Sunday, we, have, we don't have because we don't ask. Let us ask, let us keep asking. And we may see some of these, these miracles starting to break out. Finally this morning, let me assure you that he cares for you. Let me go back to verse 20. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. The Father cares for his children. He writes history with the ink of the lives of his followers. He raises up men in every age that fear him and make his name and his values known. I don't think it's a coincidence that Boris Johnson survived COVID under the care of a Christian doctor that we have a Christian monarch who prays for her nation, that prayers and forgiveness that stems out of our recent troubles in Northern Ireland have now paved the way for, of peace in our province. I don't know how many, many miracles our living Father God is working through this COVID pandemic, but I know that he is. Many groups of people have enjoyed line dancing recently to the catchy tune of Jerusalem. Uh, you can look it up on the, uh, the web, web pages. It's sung in Zulu by Master KG in South Africa. I only discovered it recently that it's, it's actually written as a modern-day psalm asking for God's deliverance. Now, I know it's a bit of fun, dancing and so on, but listen to some of the words because it talks about an eternal home. It talks about uh, the, the reaching out to God to be with us in times of trouble. Jerusalem, Ikealami, Ngengolise, Uhambi Nambi, Zokangisi, Lana. Jerusalem is my home. Rescue me, join me. Don't leave me here. And I yami akiolana, and busulwani akuolana, and goluse yehabinami. My place is not here. My kingdom is not here. Rescue me, come with me. Remember that if you're in a time of trouble at this time, 
if you're in a time of bereavement or sadness or struggle, that we have an eternal home and a loving Heavenly Father. And you know what? If in 2021, if, if people are dancing to a new psalm all across the world, then I think our God still cares for us. These little glimpses of the Father's love. It's why I'm excited about our We Are With You outreach into our immediate surrounding area. Jesus promised that if we step out in faith, uh, that he will be, be made known. Now, it's not because we're perfect. In fact, we will, we will mess up. We know we will. But we have a Father God who cares. And we preach Christ crucified. And we want all men to know the love of the Heavenly Father. Despite COVID, our Alpha course and Sunday services have continued online, bringing the gospel into people's homes. God's in the business of saving people. And you know what? Business is good. All glory to him. So in summary this morning, remember our God is not just a God to be feared. For Jesus reveals God as a loving heavenly father. The son and the father are one in essence, works and honor. And the son shares what is his through our salvation. And he cares for you. I'd like to um, bring in the blessing uh, and we, we know they're ironic blessing, but again, I think the Lord has ways of meeting with his people in times of trouble because you may have seen the blessing uh, reworked by Carrie Job and, and her, her husband, uh, Cody Cairns, uh, to, to a nice tune in all different churches across the world singing it. But let me just use that as the prayer for the end of this, this talk this morning. The blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you. He is with you. If you're downhearted this morning, if you're worried about COVID, if you have missed seeing people, remember that your heavenly Father has not forgotten. He is still with us. He gives his love through his Son and all that he has, he offers it to us this morning in terms of his presence, his intimacy, and his love. In Jesus' name.